You think I'm a fool, man? I know exactly what you want. You want to get rid of Bam Bam? Because that's our big gun. You want to get rid of Buddy? And you want to see me out there by myself because you hold me responsible. You hold me responsible for what happened to your punk kids, your teenage punks. Are well, you going to talk the whole four minutes? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our little corner of the internet and welcome back to the Taking Liberties Pro Wrestling Podcast. I swear it feels better to say that every single time. But welcome back, everybody. All right. Uh, we just want to thank you all again. We'll never not thank you, but just thank you all for just the incredible amount of support and growth and everything in between that the channel has received. I mean, really, ever since Andrew came on, but with the whole yeah, I don't know, I've been doing the show for like five down months. There. I've been doing the show for like five months or whatever. So it's it's just to see the growth that this show has had in such a short amount of time. It's absolutely incredible, and we want to thank you all for that because it is the best shit ever and it means the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, even though I came onto this whole little shindig a little late, uh, seeing the way then everything's progressed since then, just between the, the show itself and the support we've been receiving has been absolutely fucking mind boggling and head spinning to say the absolute least. Yeah. Just, just astronomical. And if you guys want to find or, yeah, find and chat with us about the pod, um, you can find us on Twitter at TLProRestPod, and you can find the podcast podcast itself on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, fucking Owl. So, so many stupid places. Not stupid, but a stupid amount of places. So many places. So many fucking places. And you could also leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, preferably five stars. But, you know, feel free to do you. And, yeah, I better uh, see nothing but five stars, you jabronis. I mean, you know, I'd prefer it. I'd love it. But, hey, um, yeah, I think we're still great. sitting at the five. I can check right now. Yes, we're still sitting at five. Five, hey. five star ratings. Or, hey. yeah, ratings. So, you know. I'll take that. Five ain't yeah, bad. That's a I'll good number. It. That's a nice... Hey, five's a nice number. You know, I got a $5 bill. That's like a... I know. Three ain't like enough. A, that's like a drink. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, just... It, speaking of the growth, like, our... Um, the podcasting platforms have just surpassed the YouTube channel at this point, which I didn't think that was going to happen, if I'm being completely honest with you. Or at least, maybe not this soon. Well, yeah, with YouTube having by far, well, I wouldn't say by far, but I would say the most visibility of all the platforms that we're on, yeah. I was certainly suspecting that YouTube would kind of stay right ahead of the pack with everything else. But, dude, it's been absolutely fucking wild watching these charts. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, it's like the, the podcast platforms have absolutely taken over. Um, I did the calculations. So we've got 256 views on YouTube or listens on YouTube, and 287 total listens across all our podcast platforms. So we're currently sitting at 543 total listens to this podcast. And that is just fucking insane to me. Especially because this is only episode 14. So it just, it, it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. But Absolutely. I guess, I guess without uh, just 
all the talking and lollygagging, we can go ahead and hop right on into what we're going to do for the week. Yep. So let's talk about some Impact Wrestling, my friend. Yes, sir. We are going to talk about TNA Impact, March 18th, 2005. And this is the show coming off the heels of the uh, fucking Destination X pay-per-view. That was three hours long. And, you know, this show was TV wrestling. It was also a show. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a... There were, hey, there were, there were, there were a couple of bright spots, but you know, TV wrestling mm-hmm. is TV wrestling. Um, yeah. So, um, the show begins with a little video from just after Destination X went off the air of mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett in the locker in his locker room with all the people involved with his victory at Destination X, where uh, Monty Brown makes sure makes sure to uh, remind Jarrett that he is going to collect on what he is owed. Mm-hmm. They will elaborate that further on tonight. Barely. A little bit. Just a, just, just a little bit. Yep. And then the first match on the card was Jarrell Clark versus Christopher Daniels. I don't really have too many mat- or too many notes for this match. Uh, Christopher Daniels coming out with that old fucking NWA TNA X Division title, dude. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, my guy right there. Um, the, the big X, you know, yeah, that big old X. As much as I love that belt, and I, I really do, I'm partial to the one that came after it. I, I guess it's just because that's like how I remember the X Division belt. Well, didn't but, that one? Ex- well, didn't that one? Didn't that one stick for for quite a lot longer? A long time, yeah. I think they only got rid of it. Uh, Shit, maybe 2013, 2014, and replaced it with the ugly-looking intercontinental uh, type. Wasn't that, wasn't that around the time that Global Force got involved with them? Yeah, I think so. Uh, see, that's who you blame. Uh, so before the bell, uh, Daniels takes some cheap shots at Clark mm-hmm. and um, just, just garners tons of heat on him. Uh, but So Jarrell begins to mount a comeback. Goes for the top rope move. I don't know what he was going for. He got cut off by Daniels. He pretty much rips him right off the top, hits an Angel's Wings. This match didn't really go all that long. It was more about the the promo he was cutting after. Um, So after the match, Daniels talks about his assault on AJ Styles that took him about three months to finally claim the X Division Championship for the very first time. Um, Daniels then goes to list all the accolades of all three men that he defeated in that match. Uh, the Ultimate X match at, at Destination X. Mm-hmm. And he claims himself to be Mr. TNA. Now this, I'm not going to argue, but someone who did was primetime Elix Skipper, who came out to interrupt Daniels and tell him that he knows Daniels very well and to watch his ass. Yep. He laughed at him, calling himself Mr. TNA. And he said that... Uh... I know you better than all the people that you've beat because we tagged forever. So watch your ass. That's pretty much it. I felt like the pro or that Daniels promo dragged, you know, but it was, it wasn't a bad promo. No, I think, I think this, I think, I think this segment did, it did what it needed to do, you know? Yeah. um, The the, the match was pretty all right. I mean, they only went like two minutes. Yeah, yeah, the match was whatever. But Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't hit on two minute matches. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hate a two minute match. Honestly, yeah. Just get in, get out. Yeah, work your spots and go home, brother. 
Yep. All right. So the next match on the card was Mikey Bates and Kid Cash. So Cash, like, he immediately starts uh, grounding this dude. He put him in a Fujiwara, and then every time he got back up, he would just fucking just take him back down to the ground. Yeah, yeah. he was he was sitting on him quite a bit in this match. Yeah, the, the, most of this match was Ted Cash just working on top. Yep. But there's there's this one moment that I wanted to talk about, and you might know the moment I'm talking about, but Bats goes for Pescado. And, you know, Cash and Hoyt are right next to each other, because, you know, Hoyt's always going to come out with Cash. Uh, ha- uh, Cash and Hoyt are right next to each other, it's very obvious what this spot is. It's blatantly obvious what this spot is about to be. So, Bats goes for the Pescado, but Hoyt pushes him out the or Hoyt pushes Cash out the way, and he catches Bats, and the ref is staring at this whole thing transpired. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he just looks away. He just, for no reason, he just looks away. Yeah. And then Kid Cash hops on the apron to actually get his attention because it didn't make sense that the ref just looked away. Uh, and then Hoyt did a fucking he like slammed his leg into the post and then the ref looks back at Hoyt who is definitely still holding Mikey Bats and he even gorilla presses him over the ropes while the ref is looking. Bang. Yeah. yeah, into the uh, ring. And just like, alrighty. Here we go gonna, again. We're just gonna have the match, the rest of the match, I guess. Um, go again with this. Yeah. And then, like, there were some moments where Kid Cash looked like he'd rather be anywhere else. Like, anywhere else in this match. But there was this one thing that he did that was fucking beautiful. And he, all right, so Bats was sitting on his ass like a snapmare. I forgot what happened. It was probably just Hoyt interference. It was more than likely Hoyt interference. There was, was tons sitting, of it, so yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was sitting on As his always. ass. He was sitting on his ass, and Kid Cash did a, like a springboard flipping drop kick, and that looked so sick. But You Cash know what? Was, I'm going to do my die move. Right, like, there really is no way to protect yourself taking this move. You just have to hope that the guy doesn't it's fucking... nice to you. Yeah, you just gotta hope he doesn't break your back, like. But uh, Cash hits the Moneymaker, which is a Tiger Driver 98, and he gets the win. It was a fairly decent match, I guess. I liked besides, the... Uh, besides the referee looking dumb as all shit, yeah, it was a pretty okay match. I liked the flipping senton dropkick thing and the... Tiger Driver 98, because I love that move. There was a there was a really fucking stiff springboard lariat in this oh, match too from yeah, Cash. That thing right. fucking crushed Mikey Bats. I thought he I think it was uh, it might have been DW Don West that was like uh, oh yeah that that uh that lariat was a combination of power and speed. I'm like fuck you don't say he almost, yeah made, there was definitely speed yeah. and power on this. Alright, you know something? I got something to say. I know this is going to derail the show, and I know this is going to fucking not mesh at all with what's been said, but god damn it, this fucking thing on Discord that we're using is pissing me off. Well, how long did we just sit outside of the podcast trying to troubleshoot this? Uh, about an hour. Uh, yeah, about, about an hour. We spent about an hour. Trying, we've wasted an hour of our time trying yep. to get this damn bot to work so we could record this show for all you wonderful people. And you know mm-hmm. what, Craig? At Craigbot? Fuck you. Craig can eat my whole dick. I 
can't stand this bastard. All right, anyway, so uh, springboard clothesline. He fucking killed him with that shit. I mean, he absolutely, he said, hey, you know what, dude? Nice head. How about I take it off? Yeah, I think DW uh, said something about, like, speed and power. And this fucking dude, Mikey Bats, did a fucking shooting star bump, but, like, a uh, shoot? I don't, I don't think he, he wanted to do that bump. No, he made him do that yeah, bump. He said, he you are going to bump for me. So, yeah, that was the match. It was fine. Conan is backstage when BG James and the boy Ron Killings approach him. Mm-hmm. Conan is very upset about um, BG James uh, and the outlaw, Billy Gunn, talking. He's, he's still very upset that uh, James isn't really giving him a straight answer on what the hell they've been talking about. And he finds it very sus. I think he, he saw does. Billy Gunn vent. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, he says that... Uh... Well, it, it's weird because Outlaw or BG says that uh, K Dog Conan is allowing the Outlaw to drive a wedge between them. And Conan is like, no, you're the one allowing that. And while in hindsight, I think Conan was right, but whatever. See, the way, the way it's presented right now feels like Conan is the one doing it because he's the one getting all upset. Now, I don't have, I don't have. The hindsight, because I haven't, I, I don't know jack shit about 2005 teenage besides what I watch. This is, a, this is a learning experience for me. You know, this is like fresh eyes. This is a new product for me, right? And so, you know, that's why I was so fucking amazed by Conan at Destination X, because I'd literally never seen the dude wrestle once in my whole life. But, um, great wrestling. Yeah, but, but Conan, in my opinion, was the one who started kind of getting all hostile about it. But well, I mean, if, if you if you say that he's right, then hey, he's right. If you remember, it was I mean, it was it was really weird that the outlaw decided to approach the uh, the approach approach through live crew and was like, "Hey, I, I want to talk to you," but he was like, "I only want to talk to to BG." Like that's pretty weird. And to be fair, the outlaw don't know the other two. Right? He don't he don't know them. Billy Gunn Billy Gunn was in the Fed when K Quick was in the Fed. I guess that's true. Well, yeah, I, sometimes I forget that K Quick was a thing. <laughs> How can you forget K Quick? Because I was like, I was, I don't think I was even alive. Actually, yeah, I don't think you were born. Never mind. What, what, when was Never that? Mind. That was 2000, right? 2000, 2001, I think. Oh, I know. So he was there. He was there around the time. He was there around the time I was born. But regardless, back on track. Conan is upset with BG. He's he says that he's over BG accidentally crushing his his skull with that guitar. But Conan says that he is going to handle his own. That is what happens. And I'm sure he's gonna, because if I know Conan the way I know Conan, he is gonna do a thing. <laughs> I just can't wait. Well. I'm okay, sure if we're, if, we're, I mean, if, we're, if we're gonna get a Conan and Billy Gunn match, then I'm all fucking for it, but... I, I just want LAX, man. Anyway. True. Um, after that... We get a match with Chris Candido and his cronies versus Dustin Rhodes and AMW, America's Most Wanted, consisting of uh, 
fucking James Storm and Chris Harris. The match I'm starts, so, the match I'm starts so, in a clusterfuck brawl. I'm so tired of the naturals, bro. They're just yeah, we, so... we, 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 we talked about this yesterday when you watched... Uh, I think we've talked watched... about it like every... Yeah, the, the, the natural... I don't want to be disrespectful because the naturals are perfectly good wrestlers. Like, I'm like, whole presentation generic. is so, yeah, painfully generic. Create a wrestler. What, yeah. Like, they, look, they look like, they almost look like. I want to show um, you the creation suite. That's what they look like to me. When I want to show they're you. They're sample new, characters. Right. The that's what they are. Suite. That's what they are. They're just oh, the most man. generic. Long hair, one blonde, one brunette, uh, a pink bandana, and some black tights. Like you know, what's funny is that we're calling them generic, and they're next to Chris Candido, <laughs> and that guy. Chris rules. Candido is the fucking man, dude. Like yeah, he rules. He was put with them because they were so generic. They were dragging themselves down, and they were like, "Well, we don't want to drag these." Because okay, I know you don't know, but these guys they're gonna be fucking relevant for like the next year. Unfortunately, they TNA tried really hard with it. Well, okay, they tried hard, but they didn't really go all out, if that makes sense. Like, well, I mean, AMW was there, so why would you bother? <laughs> yeah, of course. You got, you got, got fucking, you got fucking Team Canada on AMW. That's all you need. I'm just so fucking tired of the naturals, bro. I'm so over them. Yeah, well, there, there, there's another person on the show that I'm very tired of, but we'll talk about that when we get to them. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, so match was a clusterfuck at the start. Yeah, it was a clusterfuck. Um, it finally breaks down to Candido and uh, uh, Dustin, and they're just doing things. The Dustin hot tag or Dustin, he hot tags Chris Harris, which actually leads directly to a James Storm hot tag, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, they both take everybody out and they do like a battering ram thing. They do the battering ram spot and they give Candido to Dustin, who hits a fucking sick, nasty power bomb. Look like he flattened this dude. Yeah, I thought that was uh, a really cool spot they did. Where they so like nothing to say about this match. The baby faces went after the death sentence onto the naturals. The only thing worth noting in this match is that really sick power bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. And you know what? We're stealing that. One of us is going to do that move where, you know, they like pick up a homie, like they're going to bring him through the threshold and just yeah. toss him to the other. You go. This is also the Naturals' first loss since, in about five weeks, or however long it's been since uh, they've been paired with Chris Candido. Crazy to think about, but I mean, hey, they're trying to build them up, but they're just, it's just not hitting with me. <laughs> it, it didn't hit with anybody, bro. Uh, so next, we get a Jeff Jarrett promo. And he comes out accompanied by the outlaw who just fucking just gosh, he dwarfs this dude. That's like why Billy is it Gunn this guy so the fucking, fucking champion? Tall. Right, Billy Gunn is so fucking tall and jacked. Like he's He makes Jeff Jarrett look like a vanilla midget. <laughs> I think Billy Gunn is the tallest person on the roster that isn't Kevin Nash. Triton might be taller. Tr- yeah, like, Triton might be the only one. Yeah. When Jarrett and Gunn got in the ring, did you notice that Jarrett like stumbled back into Gunn and dropped the championship? Okay, so I was like, what is he drunk? No, 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 no. The smarks in the crowd were chanting, drop the title. 
I didn't hear that. So he just dropped yeah, it. They were um, telling him to drop the strap. So he dropped the belt. Yeah. You know what? All right. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I like that. And then that was funny. there was nothing else he said in this promo that I enjoyed. So that was like the best part of this whole thing. Mike but. Tanay uh, has Jarrett in the ring. He asked him two questions. How and why? Mm-hmm. Uh, those questions pertain to how and why he was able to get Monty Brown to join forces with him. Um, Jared explains that the DOA, the director of authority, Dusty Rhodes, w- was refusing, I-, I suppose he was refusing, to give Monty Brown another shot at the NWA world title, which, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he so, so Monty just figured he would just take a free championship opportunity by fucking over DDP. <laughs> Yep. Jarrett introduces his personal friend, Monty Brown, who comes out. Dude, this outfit, my man. Oh, my God, bro. Monty Brown's outfit for this was absolutely crazy. The, the, the sheer nothing but black outfit looking absolutely fucking nefarious, dude. Oh, um, Monty Brown looked fucking crazy. He looked crazy. The the crowd chants you sold out. Um, They cut to Mike Tanay's face. <laughs> Right before Monty Brown starts talking. This, uh, yeah, Monty, yeah, Mike Tanay looked like he just he wanted to be anywhere but in the ring for this. Like he was like, I hate it here so much. <laughs> um Monty Brown basically says he doesn't care if he made Karen's baby cry or if he isn't politically correct. Uh he is just looking to go and pounce the world. Yeah, the long and short of it is that Monty has said that he did what was best. I mean I did it for I did it for, for Monty. And he says that the three of them are going to take over the world. I was like, the world? This is just wrestling, bro. And it's what he said. And then they cut back to Dusty Rhodes with Trinity and Tracy, where he proceeds to completely bullshit that tag stipulation with the pay-per-view, which is a Dusty Rhodes move. I said... I, I wasn't even okay, shocked. So this is what I said. Dusty announces that both Tracy and Trinity are his secretaries, so nothing changed. The stipulation didn't matter at all. Cool. Damn. And then he signed Phi Delta Slam and uh, the other guys. The other the guys whose names like, were so generic I can't remember it. Ron and Don Harris. Disciple, what was it? Disciples of Destruction or something like that? Yep. Dodd. That's that fucking... That's one of those fucking generic WWE 2K tag team names. Well, they're both generic jabronis. They're just fucking... Oh, they're both just stone, they're just, they're just stone cold. They're just two big boss. tall bikers. Yeah. There's two bald dudes with goatees. Speaking of bald dudes, uh, we had in the next match, David Young versus the debuting uh, McDonald's commercial legend. (laughs) Shocker. Yes. The guy known for the McDonald's commercial and not the fact that he's the NWA light heavyweight champion or anything. That or the fact that I... Which wasn't even mentioned in this match. The fact that I went online searching for this McDonald's commercial and could not find it for the life of me, which leads me to believe that this commercial is fake and a fraud and not real. I think I think the NWA is fucking lying, and they're just trying to. And they're like, you know what Americans like? You know what Americans like? Like McDonald's. You know what would make this 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 um this Mexican star get over in America? McDonald's. That's what I think. Why not? Right. But uh, so. Shocker, who is known as 1000% Guapo, which mm-hmm. essentially means that he's cool, confident, and handsome. And I will say, 
He was a pretty good looking guy. Yeah, good looking. He was a pretty good looking dude. Uh, Tanay talks about the goddamn McDonald's commercial for almost the entire match. Yep. Shocker goes for a tope and absolutely flattens David Young. And then uh, David Young goes for a powerbomb in the ring. Shocker versus a Hurricane Rana. Yeah. Then Shocker. This match was a luchador wrestling with a non-lucha guy. So the non-lucha guy just kind of had to try and figure out how to take the bump. Take the lucha bumps. Take the bumps, buddy. Um, Shocker then uses this absolutely wild-looking pin called the Shockwave. Okay, so we... we gotta steal that we're yoinking this right yeah okay so no, we're, we're both stealing that yeah okay so the this pain is fucking sick shocker he gets the guy in a hammerlock and then he so hammerlock is you know uh an arm behind the back um and then he bends them over like a just bends them forward i guess like a gut kick would do he just bends them forward and then he he puts his leg he puts the crook of his leg onto the dude's head and then he rolls downward. So it's a hammerlock pin with the shoulders trapped. This fucking pin is, is crazy. Great. This, this, man, I saw this shit and I was like, ooh. I literally, might... said, I, I literally was like, oh my God, that's so sick. Yeah, like that might be one of the best pins I've ever seen. Like, it, it and which, a, which means a, a pin finish? Like, come on now. Right. I mean, we both, I mean, we both know a guy who's a bit of a connoisseur on pin finishes, you know? How yeah, he... yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very, it was a pretty good one and a half minute match, and then we transition into the main event oh, with my oh, guy, brother. my dark horse, Quartermain, and his partner Lex Lovett yeah. versus Go Away Heat DDP <laughs> and Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman six pop. Yes, they use both names interchangeably in this match. Um, yeah, DDP's theme got worse. Yeah, so Somehow. for some, something, okay, so something about this song and the opening riff changed just slightly that could, that made whatever this was, which this song was just a ripoff of a WCW ripoff of Smells Like Teen Spirit, but yep. like, dude, this song was so fucking bad. Holy it's shit. A, like, DD, DDP, DDP oh. is garnering legitimate fucking get off my tv heat with me yeah like when i told you that it might have been a changed theme you told me that you fucking were trying not to even listen to it so i had to fucking ask you to go back and yeah so i had to go back i had i had to go back i had to listen to the song on youtube and then go back and then double check the video and yes it was just slightly different and whatever difference they made made it worse (laughs) made it worse it was not good it was not good at all uh, Kevin Nash joins uh, the commentary team before the match, which, hey, I'm all about that. Um, bunch of bullshit. Uh, Waltman tags in DDP, but Lex Lovett manages to do like this really cool, like a three-quarter roll almost, across the ring. Yeah. And he tags in Buck Quarterman, who, dude, why do Buck Quarterman is looking crazy with the hair? Oh, my God. Hair and the... Why do he was gassed? All righty. Oh my um, god, bro. Buck <laughs> my god. Oh my god. Um, Woman looked like there were some parts in this match where he looked really good and then some points where he looked not so good. Sounds like 2005 Sean Waltman to me. Oh um, yeah, but it was weird because I was like, man, this guy looks really good for 2005 Sean Waltman. Oh yeah, some of the songs. Oh yeah, this is 2005 Sean Waltman. Some of some of his moves are pretty crisp, and then some of them just did not connect. Yeah. 
No, yes. Some of those, some of those, some of those, some of those uh, spinning heel kicks mm. did not land. No, not at all. He did a. Uh, uh, how would how would Eric Bischoff describe it? I think he would describe it as a uh, flying a flying back jump kick. back leg round kick or something like that. Um, oh, fuck Eric Bischoff. I mean, true. He but ruins everything he touches. He basically Waltman. He did a. Well, he he threw a potato in the corner to. I think it was Buck Quarterman. Threw a potato, kicked the dude right in the fucking face. Dude, I and thought then, that was so tough. And then he did like a spinning back kick, and just whiffed it completely. Which I mean, I guess I would have rather take the whiffed hit than the fucking potato. But yeah. So so uh, Quartermain comes into the ring. Waltman kind of uh, beats on him a little bit, so he takes a powder. They go into commercial, and they come back. DDP and Quartermain run the goddamn drop-down hip-toss spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got the universal spot, brother, brother. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, Kevin Nash, uh, on commentary, calls out Dusty Rhodes to be at the tunnel before the end of the match so they could have a, a little chat. Yes, he did. This is when Waltman throws a bunch of shitty kicks at Lovett. Uh, Lovett manages to tag out to Quartermain, where then... Is I don't it? know if you, dude. This backdrop, dude. He folded through like a fucking piece of paper. He Bro, dropped he, Waltman right. I I noted on that his head, because on his head. He, he did a backdrop driver on his head, and Waltman immediately grabbed his head and said, "Fuck!" And I was yeah, like, "Yeah, you can yeah, tell I he bet. Did not like that." <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> oh man, he when they say you know when like when they say accordion, this was it. This is dude, what like, an accordion up. means. Folded up like some clothes. This dude like, like legs good. overhead, Great. crushed, spine like, snapped. Oh man! Oh man! Dude, I, I got so fucking... I got fired up for that. I was like, Let's I go. if I were X Pac, I I mean, he already threw potatoes, but I'd have just started fucking That's taking liberties with Buck Quarterman at that point because this fucking backdrop driver, he folded this dude in half. It was. Disgusting. I mean, it's beautiful, but it was disgusting. Disgusting in a beautiful way. Um, of course. So then, so then, there was some more dumb ref fuckery here. Yeah. There was there and was then, a tag uh, that the ref totally then, saw and pretended not to see. And then DW called it out. Yeah. So to be fair, I think the rules of tag matches in this company are very inconsistent. They are very inconsistent, which is why it's upsetting. If if the, if it was just lucha rules and they cool. established it, was lucha accept rules, it. Fine, yeah, I'd accept it. But the fact that the refs like just sometimes call things and sometimes don't, that's what makes it like upsetting because it's just so inconsistent. Because like we said before, when the referee has no authority and you bury their authority, then then what the fuck does the referee do for the match? They just count the pin. That, like that's it. And that's not what a referee's meant to do. A referee's meant no. to, you know, maintain the order of a pro wrestling match. Which yeah. clearly in this match, this homeboy was not able to do. No no no. Uh, Waltman hot tags DDP, who runs wild on both men. Uh, when Waltman comes back in, he hits both of his opponents with a Bronco Buster each. Mm-hmm. DDP follows that with a diamond cutter on a quarter main to win, which he kicks out at fucking three. This fucking guy. This fucking buck quarter main guy. This buck quarter main taking liberties Hogan all over kick this match, out. dude. That's why I'm Hogan kick out at like hey. 3.01. This listen, fucking dude. Listen. We're called the Taking Liberties Pro Wrestling Podcast, oh, right? Man. And in this match, Buck Quartermain 
did nothing but take liberties Who on these two jabronis. Did this buck quartermain do that he thinks that he can kick out of a diamond cutter? Quartermain is my zero one. Like Buck Quartermain is in my fave five in all of Impact Wrestling. That's yeah. out of here. Your fave five. That's a bro. that's a fucking shoot. That's a is it gonna change shoot. every week like uh, another person's fave five did? Nah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, after that match, uh, Nash gets his wish as Dusty appears at the tunnel. And Nash just basically says that he knows there's going to be two uh, matches at the, what was it, Lethal Lockdown? Was that the pay-per-view? Yeah, they're going to be lockdown. Lockdown, yeah. There's going to be two, uh, I think Lethal Lockdown is the match. So there's going to be two pay-per-view, I, or there's going to be two cage matches at the lockdown pay-per-view. There's going to be two, there's going to be two six-sided steel matches. matches. And Nash wants one of those matches to be uh, Nash... DDP and Waltman versus Brown, Jarrett, and the Outlaw. And Dusty Rhodes just I'll says, yeah. See you. <laughs> and the show goes off the air. And that was TNA Impact for March 18th, 2005. And it was a show. You know, to be fair, I'm actually kind of all about that six man match. Mostly because think- Kevin Nash and Monty Brown. <laughs> it won't. Be, mm, it won't be bad. It I may can't not this be match. terrible. I, can't, I cannot see this match being bad with Monty Brown in there. I, I could definitely see it being bad. Fucking Nah, Monty Brown's a guy. I don't know. We'll I mean, X-Pac's a good worker. Monty's a good worker. But, like, Billy is alright. Nash can't move. Jarrett is fine. DDP's there. He's not bad, but... Look, it's DDP the wrestler is probably fine. It's DDP's theme song that's making me have fucking serious <laughs> go-away heat with this guy. If they would, they could literally have this dude come out to almost anything else, and I would be like, yeah, that's fine. But None of these old dudes, like, want to bump, is what I've noticed. Here, here, here's the thing, right? I already am not a very big fan of Nirvana as it is, right? So Smells Like Teen Spirit is already a song I don't, I'm not a very big fan of. And then you have the WCW version, which is just a knockoff. And then you have the TNA version, which is a knockoff of a knockoff. It's and so, terrible. like, it's just like three degrees of separation makes it three times as terrible. Yeah. Okay. So the TNA knockoff sounds like if somebody described to Dale Oliver how the original song should sound. One time where fucking Nirvana intentionally played fucking terribly on MTV. That's what it is. That yeah. one time they did a show on MTV and intentionally shat the bed as a fuck you to MTV. That's what this song is. Yeah. But it's not funny. It's bad. Yeah. Anyway, that was the fucking shit. So uh, do you want to go ahead and... Uh... Yeah, brother, we got some... We got some Kizarni words to talk about this oh, week. Yeah. We, back we, we, didn't forget about the, we didn't forget about the segment. We've just been fucking preoccupied because, I mean, we had a, we had a guest on one episode, and the last episode was a pay-per-view review episode. So, yeah. you know. I couldn't be fucked to, to do that segment on a pay-per-view episode. Oh, fuck no, dude. Especially because that pay-per-view was like three hours long. Yeah, it was three hours longer than I would have liked. Fuck, dude. <laughs> All right, anyway, so the uh, the words that we're going to be shooting at you folks today 
so we're going to be talking about the terms heat. No, no particular order about like how we determine terms, by the way. But heat, pop, potato. And it's because we can describe these things very quickly and just move on. So which one do you want to tackle first? We can do heat first. Heat? All right. So give me your definition of heat while I try and... So, so after seeing, uh, you know, every Al Snow seminar there is to see... <laughs> actually, I can't remember what it was he said about heat, but what I think heat is, because it's my definition... Many, try and give as many definitions as you can. To me, heat is um, essentially what... It's essentially like the reaction that you're able to garner from the crowd, whether it be positive or negative. Mm -hmm. um, typically, when you're talking about heat, it's usually more talking about what the heel is doing to get a reaction from the crowd. Yes, but, like the heel is getting heat by... Uh, every time the babyface will do a, a springboard move, the, the heel will like pick his leg out and he gets heat because no flashiness or whatever the fuck. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I also think it could also pertain to um, just how how angry, or yeah, basically how angry the crowd is at the heel. Because you can you can kind of gauge heat on like a scale. Because there's yeah. like because there's like uh, there's like Roman Reigns heat, and then there's like uh, Baron Corbin heat. Yeah, and they sound very different. Yeah, I mean nowadays, my boy Roman Reigns is doing the thing and the thing, and I respect it. But and he doesn't get that heat. He doesn't get that heat because he's a heel. But everyone loves what he's doing because everyone told Vince years ago to make him a heel because that was the right move from the. Okay, anyways, it's almost heat. as if he should have listened to the fan. Fuck it. Anyway, um, fuck him. Heat. Yeah. Heat. Um. Let's see, what else can I say about heat? Heat could also be um, like the sequence of moves that are done also. Like maybe not so much, because you, you could get heat from doing moves or you could get heat from like taunting the crowd. And like, you know, yeah. like a classic example would be like, I remember like rated RKO when Radio would come out like do a snot rocket at the fans. That was my oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That's heat. Because I mean, first off, that's fucking gross. <laughs> Very, just absolutely which, disrespectful. Which anyone who knows much about Randy Orton back in those days knows that he was a very gross individual. <laughs> yeah. What do you have to say about heat? Okay, so when I think of heat, like you said, I think of heat being the reaction that a wrestler gets, be it positive or negative. I think that, like you said, um, it, it, usually when you say heat, it's in a negative context. So it would be like the heel garnering heat. So, like, uh, well, this wouldn't apply for TNA, but <laughs> say that some guy, say that the ref is distracted and the baby face is, you know, does a low blow or whatever. Or the heel does a low blow to the baby face. Now the now the heel has garnered heat because he's he's cheated. He's he's taken a, a technically low approach to this match. So that's heat. And and the crowd, you know, gets riled up about it. But that's heat. 
Um, heat can also be like personal tension between wrestlers backstage or whatever. Like, uh, oh yeah, I completely forgot about like the the, the for shoot meaning of heat. Yeah. So yeah, that's so why I said giving as many definitions as I can. Yeah, I completely but, forgot uh, about all that. But yeah, so it could be. So say uh, out of kayfabe in real life, as they say, that. Randy Orton shits Randy in your Orton bag shits bag. Yeah, <laughs> that Randy Orton shits in somebody's bag. Well, and, then, you know, and, then, and then grabs his dick and makes you f- shake his hand. <laughs> if it was anyone that wasn't Randy Orton, they'd probably get a whole bunch of heat. They'd probably be. They'd probably have the rest of the locker room pissed at them. I mean, hey, I mean, he was yeah, Randy yeah, Orton. he. It's just he was impervious. Well, yeah, I mean, he had the heat, but you know, he was also he also had Vince's ear, so it doesn't really count. But um, or it'd be like. Anything that Shawn Michaels did in the nineties, just yeah, literally just, just shot Shawn Michaels in nineteen ninety seven was a heat magnet. Shawn Michaels had so much heat that the Undertaker had to fucking get his own crew of people that were that were all just hated Shawn Michaels. So, the shout out BSK, shout out. Uh, yeah, so that is heat, and I guess I will go ahead and go to the fucking online wrestlers. <laughs> Dictionary definition. And yeah, it says negative reactions such as booing from fans. When the heat is directed at a heel, this is seen as a good thing as it means fans are reacting in the desired way. That's one definition. And the second one is real life tension or bad feeling between two wrestlers or wrestler in promotion. So yeah, pretty much what it is. Fair enough. I mean, I guess I just didn't put in the definition about like the heat spot in a in a match where the yeah where the heel works over the face. But I mean, you know how it is. You can't you can't you can't get everything right. True. All right. So pop and potato. Which one do you want to? We can do pop next. This is basically the antithesis yeah, of heat. Yeah. So a pop, essentially, is just getting a very large reaction. Normally, it's a large reaction from the crowd for either an entrance or a move or, or you know, the match ends and the fans are happy with the result. Or even if they're mad, you can still get a pop. Yeah. It just depends. It's it's generally just if maybe the crowd is kind of like, maybe like the level's like a four and like, and they shoot straight to a to like an 11. That's basically yeah. a pop. That's a pop. Yeah. So... Yeah, pretty much like you said. Um, the only thing that I would add is that a pop could be for both a heel and a babyface. So uh, if a pop, you know, like you said, uh, the good guy, the match is at a four, the good guy does a fucking springboard 1190 moon bomb, and the crowd shoots up to an 11, you know, that's a pop. Or if uh, the the heel is on top, and he hits the... Babyface with an unprotected chair shot to the head while the ref isn't looking. You know, it's probably going to be a huge pop for that. Yeah, it's going to be a huge pop for me, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, Usually, or at least back in the day, that would be a negative reaction from the, if if a heel was doing it. Wrestling fans. Nowadays, it doesn't even fucking matter anymore. Um, So, yeah, a a pop in general is just uh, any reaction from the crowd, whether it be good or bad. That just depends on the the baby, their heel or baby face. Now, what you don't want is a heel getting a baby face pop. That means that the heel is not effectively doing his job. 
We're in a bizarro world. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the, be- uh, the best way to look at, or at least, like, I would think that one of the best ways to look at, at a pop, or heat is essentially a sustained pop, right? Because you're, you're getting a constant reaction. Yeah, heat is if the pop keeps going. Yeah, you're getting a constant reaction. So heat is, uh, you know, it, it, it's a prolonged constant reaction, a pop, just a short burst of like crowd. Yay or boo. Yeah, yay or boo, whatever one it is. All right. And according to the internet, it says a cheer or positive reaction from the crowd. Again, I would argue a negative one as well, but pretty much what we said. They're keeping it ultra simple. Hey, man, I our I listeners mean, I, are intel. Our <laughs> listeners are very intelligent people. Okay, so I'm gonna tell yeah. you. I mean, they have to be intelligent. They're listening to us, right? So, <laughs> so you know, we can we can dive a little bit deeper than the boys over at the wrestling dictionary can. True, and potato. Okay, this is. I got some good examples for this. A potato is essentially when you start taking shoot shots at a, at a, at a, at a brother in the ring. Yep. Uh, a very well-known example would be... Uh, anything RVD did. Anything RVD did, yes. Or that time where <laughs> Hardcore Holly and Brock Lesnar <laughs> were wrestling on an episode of SmackDown, and Hardcore Holly was throwing some shots that were a little bit too stiff also known as a potato. It's a potato, yeah. And uh, Brock Lesnar broke his fucking neck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, yeah, so essentially a potato is, is when, you're, when, you're throwing, when you're throwing strikes, whether it be punches, forearms, kicks, whatever, and they're way harder than they're supposed to be. Yeah, they, they land a little too stiff. You know, you, you, you and work you're, too and snug, it's, you shouldn't it's, work it's When you're working too snug and you're doing it on purpose. Yeah, that's what a potato is. So like, it's also like that time when uh, when Braun Strowman need Brock Lesnar. Wow, it's almost like Brock Lesnar always does this when he need Brock Lesnar in the face a little bit okay. too hard, so he punched him square in the jaw. To be fair, Brock Lesnar told him to chill out. Brock told him to chill out, and then he kept kneeing him and kneeing him, and then he fucking like he just kneed him in there. He kneed him in the head one good time. I didn't and... blame Brock Lesnar. I just said that Brock Lesnar seems to be the common denominator of potatoes in this company. <laughs> But, like, Lesnar fucking stood up, fucking got in position, and just hit him with an uppercut, and that shit was... And you could tell that buzzed him pretty good. Nasty. Oh, yeah. You got a, you got a better definition for potato, you jabroni candy ass? Uh, according to the internet, it is a strike to the head, which makes real contact. A wrestler who endures one or more potatoes is likely to potato the perter- the perpetrator back, which is known as a receipt. Which yes. Damn word. No. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. We've given away two words. I know. And one. It sucks. Well, now yeah, you guys know what a receipt is. It's it's well, uh, it's pretty much wrestling karma. Yeah, it's wrestling karma. You do one thing, you get it back. Yep. So like uh. If, if uh, say, somebody is forearming you in the back a little too hard and you're like, watch it, and they do it again and you're like, watch it, and they do it a third time, well, when you whip them into the corner, you're going to fucking, you're going to actually throw that line in. You're going to fucking 
decapitated. Right, here, here's, here's a good example of a receipt. So there was this one time on SmackDown when Hardcore Holly was wrestling Brock Lesnar <laughs> and he was throwing potatoes at him and then he broke his fucking neck. <laughs> yeah, that is a receipt. <sighs> anyway, that was the Carney commentary, everyone. And now it's time for the blast from the past, comma, brother. Yes, sir. It is our retro segment that is finally named, thankfully. And this week we are taking a look at... When we say the past, we mean the past. The past, okay. I'm I'm going to say right now, this was 25 years before I was born. (laughs) Um, as suggested by Handsome Andrew at Outlaw Jamboree on Twitter. Sort of. Sort of suggested. Okay, uh, well, to be fair, I, I accidentally took liberties with his suggestion, but, I mean, that's what we're called, right? So it's okay. Right. I mean, yeah, so... Uh, he, so Handsome Andrew suggested that we watch the um, April 13th, 1985 episode of World Class championship wrestling that's right wccw now me in my illiterate dumbassness accidentally watched or or chose april 12th 1986 but but i will say after looking at what was on both cards this was definitely the better show Yes, but I will. But I will thank you, handsome Andrew. Good name, by the way. That's, that's real handsome, you know. And uh, <laughs> I will thank him for planting the idea to watch world class in our heads because I will say we did have a bit of a ball watching this. Yeah, it was. It was. It was it pleasant. Was it was bad. very pleasant. Yeah, I enjoyed this much more than I thought I would. And like every time I go shows, I always try to look at it objectively because I know that you know with this wrestling has transformed so incredibly much since 1986. So, I mean, back in 1986, something like an atomic drop was finished. So... Something like the opening match with a certain move that is not a finish is a finish. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, we begin this episode of World Class Championship Wrestling with uh, Bill Mercer running down the card for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, on tap, we have One Man Gang versus Mark Youngblood, uh, Rick Rude versus Brickhouse Brown, and the main event, Bruiser Brody and Carrie Von Eric versus Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy of the Fabulous Freebirds. Yes, and apparently the Freebirds don't know what the rebel flag means, but. According to Michael Hayes. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Sure. Um, so, opening match, one-man gang versus Mark Youngblood. Uh, well, so there's there's no, like, real entrances here in World Class. They just kind of bring you right to when they're in the ring. Yeah. They build one-man gang's weight. <laughs> 487 pounds. When, looking at this dude, he is not a fucking pound over 320. Yeah, this was super weird. I don't know why they... Everyone they on the show was dude billed. 500 pounds. Everyone, every single person on the show was billed incorrectly. Like, I know wrestling does work weight. But no, but this was way, shit, way over. Yeah, way, way over. Like, 
Like we'll talk about it in the main event. It's even worse in the main event. Well, even in the main event, it's even worse. That. If you guys could believe that, yeah, it was even worse. Yeah. So, so um, I was so I was confused by the opening of this match simply because they first build one man gang as almost five hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. So when he and Mark Youngblood, who's probably he's he's a pretty average size, probably about two fifteen, two twenty ish, right? But yeah, they, they so they lock up. And he's able to push one man gang back into the corner. And now I'm not saying that this young blood kid ain't strong, but this guy's 500 pounds leaning forward. <laughs> yeah. And then that did not make a lot of sense. Tell the ref, like, get him off me, get him off me. And I'm like, bro, you're 500 pounds. You're fucking free. Allegedly. You're supposedly twice this yeah. dude's size. What the? Um. Yeah. So then one man gang spends a lot of time getting getting heat. Just, he, just working, uh, just working the hell out of this boy. Down. Oh, when I say slowed it down, I mean slowed it down. He said, "We're bringing this bitch to a crawl." Yes, use one of our new vocab words. He just he gets so much heat, so much heat. Just absolutely slowed it down, but it worked. I mean, this heat worked. The crowd was the crowd was red hot for this one. Young blood began to fire back some shots. The crowd went crazy. Yeah, so like after, he threw like two strikes and the crowd yeah. went nuts. So one man and gang was fucking sitting on him for like four minutes or whatever. And he just he just has been a fucking arm bar forever. And then he whips him into the corner. And uh one man or uh young blood, he like does a chop out of the corner and another chop. And the crowd explodes, just absolutely erupts. And then like that, they went from four to 11. This pop was insane. Some chops. All for, all for some chops, dude, some chops. And, and you then, know, we, we talked, to, I mentioned this when we were watching this together, but I know it's 1986, mm-hmm. but seeing chops in pro wrestling not accompanied by woos is very odd to me. Well, they were in some parts of the of the country, but you know, regional section. Yeah, but in, yeah, but in the sportatorium, they, they weren't. They would have been wooed in the Carolinas and Georgia, but this is Texas. Not, yeah, this is Texas, baby. In the sportatorium, we're talking about hard work and working hard. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so after that comeback, or after that, it wasn't even a comeback. It was a hope spot. So after that hope spot, <laughs> gang puts him right back into the arm bar, baby. Put him right back now, in it. Right back into this arm bar. The, ho- <laughs> the hope spot was two chops right back into an arm bar. You gotta slow it back down, kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Slow it down. Don't want to give him too much. Yeah, slow down, kid. You only yeah. get like four shots this whole match. So, after more sitting on, uh, Young Blood he finally mounts a, a comeback again. Like it's an actual comeback this time, sort of. This time was an actual comeback. Yeah, which so got the crowd fired up again. They were fucking buzzing, dude. So one man gang, he hits the turnbuckle. Young butt, uh, young bucks, young blood. Uh, he hits the ropes, and he you know he does a few shots, does a few shots, hits him, gets him in the corner, and then he he didn't shoot him off the ropes, did he? He didn't shoot one man gang off one, the ropes. One man gang shot young blood off the ropes. If you're talking about the finish. No, not 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 yet to finish. Um, th- there's this one moment where fucking young blood got a drop kick in. The crowd erupted, and it was one man gang's only bump for the entire match. 
One man gang took what? Okay, here's the thing. On this show, literally not a single, not a single fucking person on the show took a bump normal, except for Rick Rude and Brickhouse Brown. None of them, it, none of them wanted to bump. You could very clearly tell that nobody. And to, and to be, nobody to be fair, even, even Rick Rude was doing some pretty sus looking bumps. Yeah, it was looking a little weird. But, but uh, yeah. So Young Blood yeah. hits that drop kick. The crowd blows up for this. He literally just lands on his ass and rolls back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the finish comes when Young Blood's getting some good, good shots in, and he does the Yakuza kick, and just gets snuffed out immediately. When uh, one man gang has him up in a back, or he he has him up. I don't even know the name of that position. Well, well, Young Blood. During his comeback, goes for a running crossbody, which then yeah. gets caught. He gets caught. Yeah. He gets caught, and then basically gets fucking slammed and gets pinned. Not even slammed. It was a. It was a. It was a backbreaker on the knee, or it was like a side breaker on the knee, and that was the. That was the pin. That, that was. And that knee. was it. Yep. But in 1986, that might have been a finish. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, even them just running the ropes is a high spot. So yeah, holy shit! Oh my god, dude, it was so easy to please these dudes. I know, like, it's crazy. Shit, I wish we were working in '86. Be easy, like jump off the ropes, maybe do like a taunt, like like the one point, the one finger in the air, like yeah. Like, a moonsault in 1986. These people would probably fucking go nuts. Just absolutely go crazy. After the match, they show a a a, a video of. I suppose some some promo that went down maybe last week or maybe it was at the last Texas Stadium show, I think they said, where the Von Erics and the Freebirds have a giant kerfuffle, which yep. eventually the only thing I really remember from this is that there was a there was a child among the Von Erics who uses a chair on one of the Freebirds. Yeah. I the only Von Eric that I fucking really noticed was Carrie in this whole role. I I, I didn't see Fritz. Um, I don't think I don't think Fritz was out there, and honestly, he probably shouldn't have been because of the way that thing whole, the whole thing went down. Yeah, I only really, well, I only noticed Carrie. So, yeah. After that, um, we we move into Rick Rude with Percy Pringle. Yes, a blonde. Mama's Percy Mama's Rude. pride and joy versus Brickhouse Brown. Let me tell you one thing: Pringle. this Brickhouse Brown brother, this Hold guy on. looked hella good. I'm sure there's going to be people who don't know this. Percy Pringle is Paul Bearer. Just Percy Pringle is Paul Bearer back in the the mid '80s. Yes. But okay, this Brickhouse Brown fella, bro, is holy. Like he is he is built like a brick shit house. This dude is fucking. Yeah, like yeah. him and him him and Rick Rude were just like, yeah, we got bodies. Honestly, this this whole match was just two dudes being guys. Dude, dudes being dudes, bro. I loved it. Yeah, so... Um, Early in the match, Pringle asked Bill Mercer to get the fans to shut up, which he's like, I res- I, I cannot make them shut up, Percy. Yeah, so... Uh, one of my notes is that both these guys are in tremendous shape, but they don't do anything for, like, four minutes. They, Dude, I mean, they, they like, spend so much time doing actually nothing. They like, they, like, taunt to the crowd. They'll, Percy will do some stuff. Like, they do the fucking power you can, knuckle you can say, five minutes into the match. Like, that's one of the first spots that should be done 
well, I guess it was technically the first spot done, but like it was five minutes into the match. They they literally did nothing for like three minutes straight. It was really weird. Like one could say that working holds is doing nothing, but like when we say they were doing nothing, they were literally staring at each yeah, other, staring for most of this match. And you know, in the crowd. The crowd. And the crowd fucking ate it up. And they ate this shit all the way. They were eating out of the palm of these men's hands with this. So when they do finally begin to make some contact, there was a slight botch on a uh, rope rebound spot they were trying to do. But mm-hmm. the referee, doing the referee's job, does does the, does the thing to save the spot by kind of like separating the two from each other, almost like a rope break type deal. Yeah. Because they couldn't decide who was going to shoot the other off. And so there's like a miscommunication here, but the ref saved the spot. The two lock back up. Rude shoots Brown, shoots Brown off the ropes. And they start doing the, uh, the crisscross rope running spot that you do in like wrestling training to like work on your timing and uh, your, yeah. your endurance. Looked great. Which the crowd went crazy for this. Yeah. The and crowd then, went crazy for the dudes running the ropes. Yeah, they do this two or three times across until Brown stops in his tracks and goes to throw a, a fat fist right in Rude's face. But uh, Rude grabs the rope he's on and just kind of like stops himself. The crowd went crazy for that too. They literally pop for everything. That's crazy. This, That's this is this is when they go for the test of strength after they stare at each other for literally, this is not even a joke, they literally just stare at each other for a whole minute mm-hmm. of this 10-minute time limit contest. Um, so Rude... Like during the test of strength, I guess, Rude gets the better hand, and Brown does this like back roll and reverses the wrist lock, or in reverses it into a wrist lock. Excuse me, and it's like just the sickest fucking smoothest thing that I've ever seen. It was absolutely yeah. Rick Rude was not too impressed. No, no, no. He he, which is really great because Rick Rude was clearly pissed that Brickhouse was able to do this to him because. Yes. Because Rick Rude is the world champion at this point. He's the world's heavyweight champion. Or Texas world's heavyweight champion. But yeah, he's the world's heavyweight champion. So he's like, who is this fucking jabroni uh, wrestling me? Fucking being... Putting me in holds. Yeah, no, like, what the... this fucking guy? Yeah, so then after that, Percy Pringle starts to try to get Brickhouse Brown's attention. Which mm-hmm. this made, this spot made absolutely <laughs> no fucking sense. Okay, so... It was funny. It was, it was fucking funny. <laughs> so Brickhouse reaches over the top rope and pulls Percy Pringle up to the apron and then pulls him into the ring over the top just to strike him one time back over the top to the floor just so that Rick Rude could do a running knee strike to his kidneys Mm -hmm. and get the pit. This, I don't know what it was Percy Pringle really did, but... He called the distraction. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know what it was that that, that made Brickhouse Brown think that was a great idea. I mean, whatever. But, you know, it was fine. I mean, the guys did nothing, but when they did do stuff, the crowd popped. So, like, even even if it wasn't for me, who am I to say, like, this was a bad match, right? I couldn't couldn't help but laugh when I did that spot, though. Like, he just, he went through the trouble of dragging this guy in by his yeah. fucking hair just to punch him, him just yeah. to punch him one time to send him back over the top to the floor yep and rude hit the ropes and like you said he needed to brighten the kidneys and that was the match 
And then they go to a, uh, pre, a pre-tape interview with Bill Mercer, where he's talking with Fritz von Eric and Michael Hayes, who was on satellite from his home in Georgia. Michael was looking... Fritz von Eric's voice is deep as fuck. Dude, Fritz got the... I've got a deep voice. He's got the he's fucking... Like, oh, my God. 30-year 30 30 year Marlboro smoker voice. That, that, that's what yeah, he's got. 30, like, 30 years in the business. Like, yeah, goddamn, dude. He's got a fucking grizzled young vet, been smoking cigarettes since birth, like, just... Dude, it was like, crazy. oh my god, bro. He's got gravel in his throat like a motherfucker. Yeah, crazy, bro. He's got frogs in his throat, his throat. Michael Hayes in this promo, the facial expressions he was doing were crazy. <laughs> he looked like he was about to fucking go. He, he Michael Hayes, like he just come out of a fucking crack bender. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. Yeah, so basically they're talking about how at the next Texas Stadium show they do, he's gonna drag Fritz into the ring and beat him to a pulp. I find it so weird that the Freebirds are feuding with the Von Eriks, but they're actually feuding with Fritz and not Carrie. Yeah, it's not like any of the the sons. It's just it's the father. It's the father. Yeah, it's. I don't know why. Um, I'm not like well versed so, on Texas this. wrestling. Yeah, but this is so yeah. weird to me that it's Fritz Von Erich that they're going after, and not Carrie, who is Carrie. Um, Fritz basically says that he's going to belt the shit out of Hayes and get revenge for all the things he's done to his family and that Michael Hayes wants to rid Texas of the Von Erics forever and begin a new Freebird regime. Pretty much what he said. Then we move on to the main event where they, immediately after the promo, there's just a brawl happening in the ring that spills out. And once uh, order gets... Put together, we have Bruiser Brody and Kerry Von Erich versus Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. Oh, boy. Uh, so in this match, they build Bruiser Brody to be to weigh more than Kerry Von Erich. Because Kerry Von Erich is 267, which bullshit. 267 my ass. He's like 230. And they build... Bruiser Brody at like 300. 300 pounds, yes. Yeah, they build him at 301 when Bruiser I mean, Brody is smaller than Carrie. Von- Bruiser Brody is literally, no joke, the, the smallest man in this match. Yeah, Terry Gordy was the biggest man in his match. And I think he had, the, I think they called his weight the least. Because I know that uh, uh, Michael Hayes, they announced him at like 250. I forgot what they announced uh, Terry Gordy for. but 250 and Michael Hayes won no 250 either. No. As well, Car- all Carrie Von Eric, Carrie Von Eric was looking fucking huge, but he went on two sixty either. I don't know what the hell these weights were on the show. They were going crazy. Go fuck about nothing. Nothing at all. But uh, match yeah. is pretty. Match is a pretty standard tag team affair. Um, Freebirds work over Carrie Von Eric for most of the match. Um, Brody literally just gets fucking sick of watching Carrie in a sleeper hold, so he <laughs> he just comes in the ring, hits the ropes twice he, he mm-hmm. hits the ropes once rebounds the other one hits it again and then kicks terry gordy straight in the face yeah. so he, uh, after the kick uh during that commotion he tags out to hayes who just comes and puts bon- who puts carrie von Eric right back into a goddamn hold no one in this match is taking normal bumps it's like they're just saying i have to think the only explanation is that they're saving the real bumps for these Texas stadium shows. That's like the only thing I can think of. I, I guess maybe, hopefully. Cause like literally almost everyone on the show is just like falling on their ass and rolling back. 
eventually the whole thing breaks down. The ref completely loses control. I mean, it's a, it's Bruiser Brody. I'm not surprised. Right. And uh, the ref just completely disqualifies both teams, which, I mean, that's a good way to keep everyone strong going into whatever show they're doing. Yeah. And then, uh, so they call it a draw. Bill Mercer says goodnight. And that's WCCW for April 12th, 1986. Yeah. I mean, it was a fine show. That was it was a very pleasant look, dude. Forty minute wrestling shows, love it. See, and it's crazy because this was forty two minutes, and the Impact episode was forty five minutes, and this felt like three times shorter. Yeah, and we, we were talking about this yesterday. They shit was it yesterday or was it before we even hopped on? The it was park? no, it was during the hour of time that we were troubleshooting oh, Craig. Yeah, that we talked about this. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we were saying that they on the the fucking WCCW show, they did nothing and it meant everything. But on the Impact show, they just do everything and flood the whole show with a bunch of bullshit and it means nothing. Which so. then makes, which, see, that's the thing is that the pace of this show was incredibly fast. But in a perfectly, yeah. the pace of the show was fast, yet everything was slow, you know? Where yeah. Yeah, Impact, everything's fast, but the pace is a crawl. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. Dirt worst. I mean, between, I mean, look, the fact that WCCW gets away with three matches in an hour and Impact feels the need to do what? One, two, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. Normally you do five matches in two hours. Normally. Which is probably a part of the issue is that they're doing too many matches. (laughs) Because they're they're running, because... The issue with Impact is that they're running all of these completely senseless two-minute matches, which is fine, and I love two-minute matches, Yeah, but they don't mean anything. Where we watched One Man Gang sit on Mark Youngblood for eight minutes, and the crowd ate it up, and it was great. Right. And it meant something because One Man Gang is clearly here on a push, and you can tell by the way this match went. All right, and the main that, like... Make sure they didn't bump a whole lot, but it told us uh, that after after the main, that the uh, main for next week's show is going to be Bruiser Brody and Kerry Von Eric, I think. Yeah, so it just they set things up. Everything meant something, you know. It it was nicely paced. It just felt enjoyable to watch, as opposed to Impact, which. It's it has a it has a tendency to get senseless at times. Yeah, it's but but to be fa- but to but to be fair, at this point in history, Impact is like really close to trying to be WCW. <laughs> yeah, I mean they still have the fucking same production people. They have the like when when TNA first came around, they just took the production and writing people from WCW, which is why JB and Mike Tanay and. Uh, the a lot of the um production truck guys you know the camera guys the 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 director all the all the the monkeys in the back yeah like they all came from wcw so that yeah it just it just you know not not i'm not saying that like impact reeks of nitro because no this is way better this is way fucking better but there are some there are some beats on this drum that are quite similar very much so, yeah. 
excuse me. So um, do you wanna do you wanna plug our plug our shit and get the hell out of here? Yeah, I think that was it. So once again, everybody, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TL Pod. That is T-L-P-R-O-W-R-E-S-P-O-D. You can find the podcast itself on YouTube, of course. It'll always go up on YouTube. You can find it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, etc., etc. Make sure to leave that five-star rating and a review if you like. You can tell us how much you hate us, but just make sure you rate us five stars. And I think that's it. Yeah, that I think it? that's... Uh... Yeah, it works for me. I mean, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nene Sama, N-A-E-N-A-E-S-A-M-A. Mm-hmm. If you ever feel like, I don't know, I don't know, you can troll me on Twitter or something, I won't even stop you. Um, anything for, anything else from you, Guy? Uh, no, uh, other than the fact that Craig is a big fat piece of shit. Yeah, fuck you, Craig, you piece of shit. You cost us a whole hour of our day, you motherfucking gabagool. <laughs> And on that note, we will see you guys next time. See ya!